Oh, what a great episode of Quartz and Fields we have this week. Thank you to our executive producer, Cody, getting me on topic, ready to talk about this year's NFL draft coming up this week. Maybe one of my, I would say one of my three favorite events, which we'll get into it more, but I'm Tim Kelly. This is Quartz and Fields. And it's the Courts Anfield. I can't even say the name of the podcast. We're off to a great start. But it is our Draft Bonanza, Draft Spectacular 2021. Thank you for listening. Like we said in the open, this is the Draft Spectacular Bonanza I love the draft. What do I love about the draft? Well, if you look at all the teams that win Super Bowls, they're built through the draft. Even last year, okay, the Buccaneers won. They brought in Tom Brady. Yeah, Gronkowski signed as a free agent. Antonio Brown signed as a free agent. Leonard Fournette signed as a free agent. All right, four pretty important guys. But that offensive line, mostly drafted. That whole defense. Uh, not Sue or Pierre Paul, but uh, the Vita Veyas, the uh, Smiths, the that whole defensive back, the linebacking core. <clears throat> All of them drafted. Uh, their main receivers, Evans and Godwin, drafted. Cameron Brait, drafted. Ronald Jones, drafted by them. It's built. When the Seahawks won their Super Bowl, that whole darn near whole team was drafted by the Hawks. <clears throat> Teams are built through the draft. So I love it. <clears throat> I um, have watched it for years. It used to be Saturday and Sunday. Last decade or so, it's gone into primetime. But I have, <clears throat> excuse me, geez, struggling with the breathing. I have loved it. <clears throat> I will continue to watch it even if I'm on a vacation like I am now I'll find a way to watch it well it's a lot easier to follow on the phone now but used to spend uh Saturdays and Sundays of the youth the last weekend in April or second to last weekend in April watching the draft and uh even in college we hosted a draft party as part of uh, one of our friends me and uh Nick Page hosted a draft party for Dan Hould, who was an RA. I believe it was 06. Maybe it was 2006 or 2007. Paige and I, really high on Winston Justice from USC, the offensive tackle. Eventually went to Philadelphia, I believe. But with COVID, the draft was all from home last year. I loved it. I wish they would do that all the time. Uh, Goodell actually showed a personality at some point. First round, he was a little rough. But the second and third round, which was day two and day three, which was fourth through seventh, fantastic. <clears throat> showed personality. It was was great. And uh, it was cool seeing people, seeing the GMs at home, actually showing that they have lives, actually have families. <clears throat> This year they're gonna they're gonna do it in person again. Uh, Goodell can hug the guys, hug the players again. Uh, like I said, I wish I would have done it from home. I thought last year was unique. I mean, it's 
it's kind of twofold. I mean, I think it's great for those guys that work so hard to uh, be there and <clears throat> go up there on stage and shake the commissioner's hand and get the hat. And then if they get traded, you know, get a picture taken with one hat. I believe Eli Manning was wearing a Chargers hat when he was drafted by the Chargers and traded. So those pictures, <clears throat> always funny. But this year, <clears throat> not as fun. I mean, granted, April 2020 was very chaotic. We did not even know what was going on. Now we have a little more sense. <laughs> well, maybe we have a little more sense, but <clears throat> people are getting vaccinated. And they're able to uh, do things in person. <clears throat> So, moving to my favorite, uh, I'll say favorite, but the top five mock draft NFL writers. Number five, Danny Kelly. No relation, though we did go to PLU at the same time in Tacoma. Uh, Played on an intramural softball team. He used to run the blog Field Goals, which is a Seahawks-centric blog, and was able to uh, move his way up the SB Nation blog group and then uh, got hired by Bill Simmons and the Ringer. Uh, yeah, a Seattle, <clears throat> I think he's from Bellingham, but uh, Seattle guy now. Uh, does a lot of great work with the Ringer for their mock draft. Uh, just putting, giving him the five spot because <clears throat> he's, uh, you know, I pseudo know him, I guess you'd say. Number four, Rob Rang. Who's doing stuff for Fox Sports right now? I uh, used to be at CBS. <clears throat> Rob Rang, uh, the draft guru I followed the second longest. He is a teacher at Mount Tahoma High School <clears throat> who has parlayed, well, not even parlayed anything. He's worked his butt off, but he's been a teacher. He did draft stuff in the 90s and 2000s for fun, and he's been. Uh, one of the authorities, and he gets picked up all the time. He still teaches. So how am I going to do a Tacoma guy wrong and not put him in my top five? Uh, number three, Daniel Jeremiah of the NFL Network. He used to work in the uh, Ravens front office, former quarterback, uh, Appalachian State. <clears throat> now he's uh, been in the NFL Network. He used to go on a few podcasts I used to listen to. Just uh, not a... Uh, not ridiculous, not overdramatic. Just seems like a down-to-earth guy. <clears throat> I really like him. Uh, believe he's on the he's on the Chargers. On the Chargers broadcast now. So that's been great for him. And <clears throat> get to live in L.A. and all that stuff. I believe he's from San Diego. Number two, that's Frank Caliendo mocking another draft expert. Todd, 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 Todd. Todd McShay from ESPN. Richmond Spiders quarterback. It's been with ESPN. Uh, well, it's been a long time now. <clears throat> Doesn't seem that long, but shoot, he's probably been there 20 years. Um, he's just been, I think he's been the second best behind the man, the myth, the hair, the legend, Mel Kuyper Jr. Mel is the standard, a living legend. It's, 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 a testament to ESPN's power because <clears throat> you see a guy like Mel Kuyper who's the standard for drafting got to start with ESPN I believe in like 83 uh, he's the one who's had great run-ins with GM's been called idiots on air <clears throat> but he is 
he is the guy, like we said, the legendary hair, kind of guy who started this niche industry. And, uh, yeah, just, just is great. Um, well-connected says some things every once in a while. Uh, I believe he was a big Jimmy Clausen guy and yeah, he, uh, he's made misses, but this is a industry that uh, is full of misses because the GMs miss all the time as well. Uh, also seems to have a great sense of humor. Frank Caliendo does a great Mel Kuyper Jr. impersonation. But yeah, I I like them. I don't know. They're 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 entertaining. I mean, Mel Kuyper is a brand, but also they have good information, good analysis. It's it's um I mean, <clears throat> mock drafting is a stupid and futile gesture, isn't it? I mean, we don't know what these people are thinking and one I mean, I, what was it? Al Davis was still alive, so it's in the 2000s, and Al Davis took a safety. Mike Mitchell, I think it was from Ohio, took him in the second round, and everybody had him as an undrafted grade. Or even in 2000, Al Davis, another great one. Uh, another great moment from him, I should say. Took uh, Sebastian Janikowski with a first-round pick. So when those things happen... It adds chaos to the board. No one in 2000 had Sebastian Janikowski going in the first round. Uh, Seahawks legend, eventual Seahawks legend, Sebastian Janikowski. So just uh, guys who uh, have a good time with it and are, uh, you know, not taking themselves too serious. That's that's what I look for in a mock draft and knowing that uh, they're going to be lucky if they get double digits of their picks right in the spot. And then there's trades, and you don't know what teams are working with trades. It is a mess. I, uh, <clears throat> lately, my favorite thing before the draft, the last two years, Pro Football Network has a draft simulator. Uh, it's been, it's pretty fun. You can pick a team, you can pick the rounds. And that has been my go-to the last, uh, last two years just messing around with mock drafts so I feel like I know all these players now even though um you know uh I haven't watched a guy like uh, Robert Rochel from Central Arkansas home of Scotty Pippen I'm like oh yeah I really want him for the Hawks I know nothing about him except he's a 6'2 cornerback and <clears throat> has the size and potential that the Seahawks crave but uh, I've drafted him many times for the Seahawks when I'm playing around or I'll take over Jacksonville, who's got picks galore this year, and just seeing if I can build their offense, get over, give Urban Meyer a good team. But they also have, uh, when you're doing the draft, you can click on the player profile, and they have the draft profile updated. So Pro Football Network, PFN Simulator, Tony Pauline and the crew over there, great job, great job. So, <clears throat> yeah, what... If I were to be sitting here with the top five current NFL general managers, with apologies to Bill Belichick and Pete Carroll and John Schneider, who are out of the top <clears throat> top ten, uh, top five, I should say. Um, yeah, I don't know. I Schneider right now, where would I have him ranked? Uh, he drafted Russell Wilson. So that is 
that is a quarterback that is still with with the team, but pretty much since twenty thirteen. There've been some oh, there've been some great players drafted. Tyler Lockett, DK Metcalf, um, Frank Clark was a very good player, Jaron Reed was solid, uh, Chris Carson. <clears throat> They've drafted some good players. But 2010 to 2012, they were firing on all cylinders. Everyone had a horrendous 2013 draft. Most every team did. If you look at that first round, holy smokes, it is bad. But as far as drafting ability, they only have three picks. Many believe they were not big fans of this year's draft, which is why they traded a bunch of their... traded a bunch of the picks... Almost all the picks. All but three of the picks. Um, so can you be bad at drafting if you don't have a lot of picks? I don't know. But <clears throat> I would say just built on the sustained success and their ability, I mean, to find players that fit their scheme, especially defensively, even as horrendous as it was. Um, I mean, that whole linebacking core on the Seahawks was drafted by them. Um, Many of the defensive backs, not the safeties, but the corners were drafted by them. So, um, yeah, and the quarterback and the wide receivers for the most part. And the tight ends, not all the tight ends, but were drafted by them. And the running backs. So, it's good offense, solid offense, even though Schottenheimer got fired. But I don't think think he's top five because top five – I have John Lynch. Now, this might be blasphemy. He's number five. He, um... And then, here's the thing. These guys are not without uh, failure. 2017, who took Solomon Thomas at number three. And Reuben Foster, Foster, also in the first round. But, that same draft, he drafted George Kittle in the fifth round. But, the Niners didn't have a quarterback. And that was a draft with Deshaun Watson who, uh, yeah, might not, might not be, that might not look like a good pick now uh, with his legal troubles. And, I mean, he seems like a disgusting person. Uh, there's more, more is yet to come out, I guess. But, uh, yes, he's a lot of bad allegations. Don't think he's coming back from that. And then Patrick Mahomes. And you got the quote-unquote QB whisperer and Shanahan. And you could have had him with, Mahomes, yeah, they're regretting that, which is why many believe they traded all their, or not all their capital, but a lot of capital to get up to third in this year's draft. Uh, Also hit on Fred Warner, an outstanding linebacker, All-Pro in 2018. Then, obviously having a bad season, got Joey Bosa and Debo Samuel. The thing about these teams is, you draft high, you're going to get good players. And it's eventually going to, well, not always, but it should. Finally turning the corner for the Cleveland Browns. But uh, you hit enough when you only have had one winning season like John Lynch has had as their general manager. <clears throat> this is why you're going to get a lot of good players to draft. Like I said, they missed on Thomas. But when you hit a Kittle in the fifth, a Fred Warner in the fourth, you're doing pretty good. You're doing pretty good. Uh <clears throat> Number four, Jason Light of the Bucks. Okay. Yeah, he signed Brady. And as I mentioned, Gronkowski, uh, Brown, 
Fournette. But look at who he's brought in. Ali Marpert, Vita Vea, Chris Goodwin, Devin White, and this year, Tristan Wirfs and Antonio Winfield. Dude has been hitting it out of the park. Build a Super Bowl contender. <clears throat> All they needed was a quarterback. Boom. They're ready to roll. Number three, Brandon Bean, Sean McDermott with the Bills. Just I'm giving him that on the Josh Allen pick alone. Buffalo was a bit of a, of a wasteland, and they now they did do did do well with uh, trading for Stephon Diggs, but <clears throat> the rest of that roster has been you know crafted by these two, and they've become a uh, contender in the AFC, and they won the AFC North. So uh, no, excuse me, AFC East, not North. Speaking of AFC. North, Kevin Colbert with the Steelers. Um, in his time as general manager, they've not had a losing season. And he's great. The Steelers have always been great at picking wide receivers. Look at this. Juju Smith-Schuster, Deontay Johnson, and Chase Claypool, <clears throat> all after pick 45. So three pretty good wide receivers. And then he also got T.J. Watt, first round, 30th overall in 2017. Been very good at getting. I mean, TJ Watt was a defensive player of the year. So, yeah, he's going to. He's going to make that list at number two. Number one, <clears throat> Chris Ballard with the Colts. They've been a competitive team with Andrew Luck, who was banged up, Phillip Rivers. Now they're bringing Carson Wentz, but look at who they drafted. 2018, two All-Pros, Quentin Nelson, Darius Leonard. Nelson on at guard, Leonard at linebacker. <clears throat> this past year, didn't have a first-round pick. Still got Michael Pittman, and, a wide receiver, and Jonathan Taylor, who was a stud down the stretch. And um, <clears throat> they're building this team. They traded for the quarterback, but... He's built that defense, got that offensive line. It's uh, Ballard has done a good job. I am giving him my number one ranking of general managers, or I guess my number one pick if I were to take a general manager right now. Again, apologies to Belichick. Apologies to Carol and Schneider, who have the uh, rings, whereas... Only uh, one of those general managers that I just named has the rings. But, <clears throat> again, you got to be, sometimes when you already got the quarterback established, your drafts aren't going to be as good. Though Colbert <clears throat> has had Roethlisberger and still doing pretty well with drafts. They just can't get over, couldn't get past the Patriots, now can't get past the Chiefs. And the Chiefs, their general manager I would have had. But Veach, but he um, didn't build most of that team. <clears throat> so he's passed on. <clears throat> Sorry, I am struggling with the throat today. I don't have a cough button. That's what that's what these that's what these apps need is a cough button. <clears throat> so let's take a look at well, last week. Cody and I talked about 
which quarterbacks we thought would be a bust. Looking at the top 10, who we're going to take the quarterbacks out of this. Who is going to be a bust? <clears throat> Sewell, the tackle from Oregon. <clears throat> uh, he's not going to be a bust. Tackles, even if he's not a good tackle, he can slide into guard. He'll be in the NFL for a while. It's really hard for – I mean, it's not hard for them to bust offensive linemen, but – the guy's gonna have short of his short of his knees going out on him <clears throat> or a horrific accident outside of football. Guy's gonna play in the NFL ten years guaranteed. So then you've got Jamar Chase, Kyle Pitts, Jalen Waddle, Devontae Smith. Um, those are really, I mean, that's those four guys. <clears throat> Some combination of them will also be in the top ten with Slater, the tackle from Northwestern, Sewell, three, four quarterbacks. So let's take a look at Pitts, Waddle, Chase, and Smith. <clears throat> Everyone is on the Pitts hype train saying he will be <clears throat> Travis Kelsey or a comp of Travis Kelsey. Okay. Um, he's going to be a great receiving tight end, allegedly. But it's also where you go. I mean, the Detroit Lions in the 2000s drafted wide receivers three or four straight years. Calvin Johnson panned out. Mike Williams, Charles Rogers, both terrible busts. So even with the pedigree, you don't know. If I were going to guess out of these four, <clears throat> the two most likely to be busts, Jamar Chase, because of him sitting out this year. Um, guy was a stud, fantastic, all-American wide receiver, but just sitting out a year, how, what does that do for your stock? I mean, I, I, think that, I think that might hurt him. I think, if I were to, again, that's the argument there. Um, Waddle and Smith, both of them, obviously you are playing on a cheat code because you are with the best team. Uh, you have the best talent, you have the best offensive line, you have the best running back. I mean, they they had a wide receiver room that was better. I, I hate when people are like, oh, they could beat an NFL team. No, Two years ago, that Alabama team offensive line, or offensive line, a wide receiver group with, I mean, Ruggs and Waddle and Smith and um, Judy. Yeah, I forgot, forgot Judy's name. Jerry Judy. <clears throat> Those four guys are better than most NFL receiver, uh, receiver rooms. Devontae Smith. Is not who I'm going to choose. I'm going to say Jalen Waddle. <clears throat> a lot of people are a lot higher on him than Smith because of Smith's small, slight frame. But Smith is known for his precise route running, his ability to read the defenses and come back and tell the team, hey, this is what they're running. <clears throat> I don't care if he's only 160 pounds, 165 pounds soaking wet. I'm not calling that guy a bust. I love Devontae Smith. So I'm going to guess Waddle. If I were to guess to Chase and Waddle, I don't want to guess that. <clears throat> Odds are most likely one or two of them will be busts. But 
Chase because of his uh, sitting out of your waddle because of uh, <clears throat> I can't go against Smith. Now there is something interesting about Smith not having his breakout year until he was 22. There's an article I forget I read it the other day, basically saying players <clears throat> who don't break out till their senior year are uh, um, if they break out as like a freshman or a so- sophomore, they're more likely to have success in the NFL than if they're a type that breaks out <clears throat> as a um, that than a player who breaks out as a junior or a senior. I would just like to say Reggie Williams and Mike Williams both say hello. Monster freshman seasons, or I guess Williams was freshman and sophomore. But I'm saying both Williams, I both Williams, both Williams were monsters as freshman and sophomore, and both were epic, epic draft busts. So let's keep the negativity going. What are the five worst busts? Of the last 10 years. I was going to go five years, <clears throat> but it's still a little early to hear um, have five years because that would only take us to 2016. Let's go to 2011. <clears throat> and that's where we will start. Our fifth worst bust. <clears throat> it's a tie. A trifecta of quarterbacks in the 2011 draft. Jake Locker taken eighth overall. Blaine Gabbert taken 10th overall. And Christian Ponder taken 12th overall. A combined, let's see here, 59, yeah, a combined 107 starts, and they combined for 36 wins, and they got one tie between them. Uh, All of them have a rating that doesn't even get over 80. Locker and Ponder both were out of the league in four seasons, so didn't even get that second contract. Um... No playoff starts. Gabbert, the best of them, with 48 starts. Did get a ring with the Buccaneers. So good job, Blaine Gabbert. I mean, keeping that clipboard and that seat warm. <clears throat> At number four, Solomon Thomas. The previously mentioned Solomon Thomas. Taken third overall by the Niners in 2017. 48 games with the Niners, six sacks. Um, actually... You know, the next three all would have been in the top five, or the the last five years there are in the top five. But I wanted to add uh, two more names, or I guess four more names, because I had three on my last one. But, again, Solomon Thomas, third pick overall. The Niners didn't give his option. The Raiders signed him to a one-year $5 million deal, hoping that he can get uh, a sack or two for them for $5 million. The next 10 picks taken after Solomon Thomas. Are you ready for this? All right. Jamal Adams, Christian McCaffrey, Patrick Mahomes, Marshawn Lattimore, and Deshaun Watson all taken within 10 picks of them. Yeah. So you had a 50% chance of getting one of those guys. Again, Watson, pretty toxic. Probably won't be in the NFL for a while, if ever, if these allegations are true. Which, again, <clears throat> that's a lot of people coming up with a story to take down one person. <clears throat> Number three, tied in with Solomon Thomas, Mitch Trubisky. You say Trubisky's not that bad. 29 and 21, 
Started a playoff game, 87.2 rating, 64 touchdowns, 37 interceptions. He's so good, the Bears declined his option. <clears throat> and he signed with the Bills to back up Josh Allen. So, you say, okay, well, Trubisky can't be that bad. Well, he was picked before Solomon Thomas. Actually, the Bears had the third pick, and the Niners had the second pick in that draft. The Bears really wanted Trubisky, so they... Gave, they swapped picks, gave up a third rounder in that draft, a fourth rounder, and then the next year, a third rounder in 2018 that was used for Fred Warner. And the Bears missed out again. Also on, they weren't going to take Adams, McCaffrey, or Lattimore, but they could have had Mahomes or Watson. They wanted a quarterback. They took Trubisky. <clears throat> so we'll go to two and one. This one is tough. I'm going to go... I'm going to flip. I had Deion Jordan number one. But I'm going to put him at number two. Three sacks in two seasons. 26 games with the Miami Dolphins. He was the third pick in 2013. Again, not a great draft. But third overall. Only got two, two sacks. Had some substance problems. Okay. Signed with the Seahawks. They only played two years with the Dolphins, so he didn't even get his contract <clears throat> renewed or he didn't get his fifth-year option picked up. Goes <clears throat> to the Seahawks. Gets four sacks in 12 games, so he had more sacks in 12 games with Seattle than he did in 26 games with the Dolphins. He just kind of bounced around. He was on the Niners last year. Just 13 and a half sacks in his, what, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20. In eight years, he was out a year or two because of substance problems. But I had him number one, but it's like, eh. Number one, I've decided, is Josh Rosen. Now he's the 10th pick overall. Okay. Not – Matt Leiner was the 10th pick overall, and I don't think people – he, he was a pretty big bust, too. I guess I, I shouldn't say he was – people didn't think of him as a big bust. People thought of him as a big bust. Josh Rosen, very decorated – career at UCLA. People thought he'd be all the first pick. Started, he went 3-10 and with the Cardinals. Cardinals got the first pick in the draft. They decided to take Kyler Murray, so they shipped Josh Rosen off to the Dolphins. The Dolphins uh, started Rosen three games. He went 0-3. So he was 3-13. and uh, Dolphins decide to draft Tua Tagovailoa. And they had the fifth pick in the draft. Uh, they're, you know, Rosen, we're gonna get, we're gonna get rid of you. They cut him. Rosen was looking around, signed with the Bucks practice squad last year, and uh, so he could learn from Brady. And now he is on. He's signed with the Niners, where he will obviously be third string, possibly second string. They shock the world and trade Jimmy G. That's not really shocking the world. Uh, 12 touchdowns to 19 interceptions, which, like we said, we think about how bad Trubisky's been. Threw 64 touchdowns and 37 picks. <clears throat> Guy, uh, Rosen had a few, uh, he had questionable character, allegedly. Uh, hot tub in his dorm room, which <clears throat> I don't think that's questionable. I think that's pretty cool. But, uh, yeah, just... Two teams giving up on you when you're a 10 pick overall. He's already been cut. Got cut after his second year as a quarterback. And teams are always 
lifting up any rock to find a quarterback or a backup quarterback. And the Dolphins didn't even want to keep him. And they couldn't even find a team that wanted to bring Rosen in as a backup. So, and that was after two years. So that to me is the last 10 years, well, and last five years, the biggest bust. So what are the five best picks? And then we're going to be positive now. Five best picks over that same period of time. Well, I'm glad you asked. I will give you this list now. Coming in at five. Now I cheated. I was going to make sure that you could only do... It could only be people drafted third round or later. So for number five, I was going to put Bobby Wagner at number five. Um, All pro linebacker, what, four times, five times now? Uh, Second round... 47th pick on this on this day of recording but I said you know what now I'm gonna go Patrick Mahomes (laughs) now he was the 10th pick in 2017 much like Rosen was the 10th pick but Mahomes might be when it's all said and done I don't think anybody I don't think he's gonna pass Brady too early to tell he can still rip off six Super Bowls because he's only what 25 the next 15 years he could rip off six Super Bowls but He's probably going to break every passing record when it is all said and done. His team has got to be the favorites. I mean, they built that offensive line, retooled that offensive line around him to keep him upright, and they've somehow figured out a way to uh, to circumvent the salary cap on all these things. But I don't think he's eligible yet, but Mahomes uh, is the highest-rated passer of all time or he will be when he's uh, quote-unquote eligible. I don't know the numbers, but he's started uh, three years. He had one start as his rookie year, and then he's gone to AFC title game, Super Bowl win, Super Bowl loss. It's a little banged up here or there. He saw it in the Super Bowl. He didn't have his team. But this guy fell to 10th, and he I mean, threw 50 touching, passing touchdowns his first year as a starter. I mean, that's that's insane. Guy will, um, yeah, he's going to set every passing record, assuming he stays healthy. Coming at number four, out of the University of Cincinnati, a third-round pick, number 63rd overall in 2013, Travis Kelsey. Five All-Pros already. He's uh, 16th in playoff receiving yards, ninth in touchdowns. He's got... uh, I mean, I would say two or three more peak years left, I would guess. Two or three. So, I mean, he's going to just keep climbing those receiving numbers because the Chiefs are going to be, at a minimum, the AFC title game the next year or two, I would imagine. You can never be so sure. I would have told you that the Seahawks would have been to multiple NFC title games after 2014, but they haven't been back yet. So I'm going to stop being bitter. But, yeah, Kelsey... He's uh, Pro Football Reference has their Hall of Fame monitor. He's currently 11th for tight ends. Every tight end ahead of him is Hall of Famer. Uh, let's see here. The seven in front of him that are retired are Hall of Famers. And I believe... Let me rephrase that. The seven ahead of him that are eligible for the Hall of Fame are all in and Hall of Famers. There's three players who have retired recently or are still active. Rob Gronkowski, Jason Witten, and Antonio Gates. 
<clears throat> who will all three be in the Hall of Fame. Not so sold on Witten, but if you look at his numbers, they're insane. But I never was like, oh, Jason Witten, the best tight end in the league, like all the others. <clears throat> Number three, fourth round pick, 109th overall, also in 2013, David Bakhtari, a tackle, University of Colorado. Um, last five years, he's gone to all pro. He has been the blindside protector for Rodgers and the Packers. Uh, granted, <clears throat> Rodgers has gotten hurt a couple of those seasons, so maybe he's not that great now. Just kidding. Bakhtari uh, went down this year uh, in December. It really hurt their chances, uh, especially against a good team. Uh, I mean, would he have changed the outcome of that game against the Buccaneers? Maybe. <clears throat> Might have held off uh, a couple of those pass rushers a little longer. But, yeah, five All-Pros, <clears throat> fourth-round pick. Guy will be most likely an offensive lineman can play a long time. He's got five really solid years left in him, so he'll probably be walking into Canton. This is where you will call me a homer. <clears throat> My second best, fifth-round pick, 154th overall in 2011. Defensive back Richard Sherman, three-time All-Pro, um, <clears throat> Super Bowl champion, played in three Super Bowls, two with the Hawks, one with the Niners. Guy has just, I mean, he's uh, he's already using that <clears throat> pro football uh, reference Hall of Fame monitor. His numbers are already better than Ty Law, who is in the Hall of Fame, so... Uh, Sherman has yet to sign with anybody this as of late April, but hopefully he does so he can pad a little more numbers onto that resume. But yeah, Sherman, I mean, teams wouldn't throw to him and he'd still come up with eight interceptions in a season. And uh, one of the better trash talkers to boot. Sometimes says some stupid things. Um, like I was going to end Jim Moore's uh, media career. <clears throat> but... Big Sherman fan. Number one, you know who it's going to be. Russell Carrington Wilson. Third round, 75th pick overall. Um, yeah. Hasn't had those all pros. Um, you know, that would put him in the uh, you know upper echelon that people seem to uh, not think he's in. Okay, I won't be bitter and rant about that, but... Wilson has 98 wins already. Uh, the most wins by a quarterback in their first nine seasons. Already has nine playoff wins. So he's going to have double-digit, well, hopefully he'll have double-digit playoff wins, which is an accomplishment on its own. Not many have that. Has a winning playoff record, which, again, is a pretty tough accomplishment. Regular season, he's 35th all-time in yards already, passing. And 19th in touchdowns. All time. <clears throat> Playoffs, 14th in yards, 12th in touchdowns. All said and done. I mean, again, when he's at, if he's at 10 playoff wins, he's got over 100 regular season wins, he's in top 10 playoff stats. I mean, the guy, the guy's walking into Canton, and uh, he's carried this. Seahawks team on his back the last five years and has done a very good job doing so 
except in February of 2021 when he kind of got a little loose with the microphone but hey supposedly things are better now we shall see <clears throat> what teams are best positioned to get significantly better this week well three teams using the draft check draft tech chart um or Jimmy Johnson's draft chart. The teams that have the most capital are the Dolphins, the Jets, and the Jaguars. Jaguars have the first pick. Jets have the second pick. The Dolphins now have the sixth pick. They had the third pick. They traded down to 12th. They traded up to sixth. But the Dolphins have eight picks. The Jets and Jags each have ten. One thing all those teams have in common, they all have two first-round draft picks. Those charts and the Jags and the Jets having the first two draft picks, they're going to have the most points because the draft chart figures out, assigns a value to each pick, and it decreases. And obviously, the first pick is the most valuable, the second is the second most valuable. And obviously, pick 100 and 101 are going to be closer than pick one and two are. The Dolphins have had the Texans' first round draft pick, they traded down and now have the they traded down with the Niners to get their first-round draft pick and then traded up with the Eagles to have theirs, so they have six overall. The Jets have the Seahawks draft pick at 23rd. I believe the Jags have the Rams at 25th. So, it gives all those teams. Obviously, the Jets and Jags will both be taking quarterbacks, but they can trade down with their later first-round picks and acquire more capital, as can the Dolphins with their native pick that's like their natural pick I should say at uh, what would they have that at 18 so bottom three who are the three teams with the least amount of draft capital the Rams the Texans and the Seahawks hmm just mentioned all three of those teams didn't I Oh, yeah, they're the teams that gave up their first-round picks to the Dolphins, Jets, and Jaguars. Rams are, have six picks. The Titans have eight. And the Seahawks only have three. They have, those are the three weakest teams. And to be quite honest with you, nobody has it worse than the Seahawks. They only have three picks. And the first one coming in at 56th. I don't think the Texans, I believe, don't have a second-round pick. The Texans have eight picks, and their capital is not much higher than the Seahawks. But, yeah, or they're... Not their capital, but their draft chart would be. But yeah, nobody is nobody is positioned worse than the Hawks. We're gonna take a break, come back, and we're gonna talk about the Hawks and this draft. Can the Seahawks actually get better in this draft? That is a loaded question. I think they can, but you have to hit on all three of these picks or you trade down and get yourself into a third, a fourth, a fifth round. You have multiple picks in those rounds and find starters. It's tough to do. It's tough to do. If they have a couple of third and fourth rounders, they can do it. Uh, We'll explore in a a moment about what their outcomes have been in those rounds. But, yeah. <clears throat> you don't I look at drafting well it's not just this isn't just me oh, I personally know but 
uh, this isn't uh, some some great thing I came up on my own, I should say. But I look at draft picks as lottery tickets. It's nice to have 10 lottery tickets because you're more likely to hit on three or four guys as opposed to having three <clears throat> where hopefully you'll hit on one. <clears throat> now, a lot of people think the reason that they don't have draft picks this year and next, the first rounders, I should say, is uh, they were scared about not having a pass rush on defense. So they traded for a strong safety that they made into a blitzing safety. They blitzed nine times a game. But again, <clears throat> as Pete Carroll said in his pre-draft press conference, they look at Jamal Adams as their first round draft pick, which is fine and dandy, except that he doesn't have four years on a rookie salary scale. He will be wanting to get paid <clears throat> after this coming season. And they haven't even set an extension yet. And I believe he has all the leverage now because they gave up two first round picks. But again, can they get better in this draft? Yes, they can, but they have to draft better than they have in recent memory. They'll have to uh, channel their 2010, 2011, 2012 brain when uh, Schneider was a uh, rookie general manager and Pete knew all the... <clears throat> draft prospects because he had recruited all of them at some point or most of them at some point. The ones on the West Coast for sure. It's the best possible outcome for <clears throat> players that the Seahawks have drafted in rounds two, four, and seven. Where that's where they had the draft picks. Well, <clears throat> best case scenario would be Bobby Wagner, Hall of Famer that they drafted, um, forty seventh overall. DK Metcalf, 2019, was a second-round draft pick. <clears throat> Frank Clark, second-round draft pick. He's been a pretty good player. And Golden Tate, also a very good player. Took Golden a couple years ago and took Frank Clark a couple years to get going. Bobby and DK balled out from the start. <clears throat> fourth round, K.J. Wright. K.J. Wright was the best fourth-rounder they've had. <clears throat> Pro Bowl linebacker. 10 years with the team, one of the best linebackers the team's ever had, Super Bowl champion, uh, really unsung, one of those guys that will go down as, uh, you know, if he would have been on another team, his numbers probably would have been a lot better. Uh, he wouldn't have had the postseason success. Maybe he would have, but, uh, I mean, he just got kind of lost when you play with <clears throat> Richard Sherman, Earl Thomas, Cam Chancellor, and Bobby Wagner. You're fifth on that list. Stud player, great player. Seventh round pick. <clears throat> You're just hoping they make the roster. They've done pretty good, though. David Moore was a pretty good third receiver for him. Not great. Got signed by the Panthers this offseason. Chris Carson, 2017 third rounder, or seventh rounder as well. 3,270 yards and 21 touchdowns so far in his career. 2012, J.R. Sweezy. 104 starts in his career. Uh, right guard was starter on a Super Bowl team. 2011, Malcolm Smith, Super Bowl MVP, 467 tackles. Carroll loved him because of the USC connection. <clears throat> but those are the best-case scenarios at those picks. What is the worst possible outcome? Whew. Well, let's see here. <clears throat> we'll start. We'll go in reverse. Seventh rounder, 
It's it's just tough. You're hoping they make the roster. But the last two years, the Seahawks have traded a sixth-round pick to move into the seventh round. So in 2019, they gave a 2026 round pick to draft a draft John Ursua, who is <clears throat> was cut in 2020, but back on the roster. Has one catch for 11 yards. <clears throat> 2020, they did the same thing, which is why they don't have a uh, sixth rounder this year to get Steven Sullivan from LSU, who was a tight end, who they had playing at uh, defensive end at one point. I mean, he got snaps at defensive end, but apparently they weren't impressed, and he is now joined David Moore with the Carolina Panthers. So that's from the seventh round. From the fourth round... They just need to avoid drafting a wide receiver in that round. 2011, Chris Durham. Three games, three catches. 2013, uh, Chris Harper out of Kansas State. Cut even before the season started. 2014, they took uh, Kevin Norwood out of Alabama. Nine catches. Traded him to Carolina. Some say a theme here with Carolina. And then Gary Jennings Jr., 2019, zero games, and they cut him. Wide receivers, stay away from drafting a wide receiver in the fourth round. And when you're taking a fourth rounder, you're hoping that they make the roster. I mean, these guys should be... I mean, David Moore has been better than those guys. I mean, they had Jermaine Curse and Doug Baldwin, both undrafted guys in 2011 2012. <clears throat> better careers than these guys. Second round, well been recent Malik McDowell uh, 2017 they traded down he was top 10 talent people thought uh, guy got an ATV smashed up his face never played in the NFL apparently wants to come back we'll see but got nothing out of the 2017 pick last year Daryl Taylor <clears throat> pretty good year at Tennessee but he was banged up couldn't do any medicals with him because of COVID restrictions. Guy didn't play at all. Uh, supposedly was getting ready for the playoffs. Carroll seems to claim that he will be ready to go, but there's some leg issues there. Can't remember if it's leg or knee. Dude's been uncomfortable. Uh, he's good. Be good in that Leo position. They need a pass rusher. But if they can't play, if he can't play, he might not be that good. So, yeah, they're uh, two second-rounders that they've drafted in the last five years that they've gotten nothing out of so far. What are the biggest needs for the Hawks headed into this draft? <clears throat> in no particular order, they need a third receiver or playmaker. A third receiver should be a wide receiver. I mean, at this point, is it Freddie Swain, who was a, a sixth-round or seventh-round pick last year? He was a late-round pick. So, yes, a third receiver or a tight end that can catch. Uh, there's a few tight ends. They took Colby Parkinson last year, fourth-round pick. Hopefully he won't continue that trend, but he had the Liz Frank injury. He was out most of the season. He got some reps, but he did basically did nothing as a rookie. They've improved the offensive line. They added Gabe Jackson from the Raiders. He will slide into left guard, but they have Dwayne Brown, Jackson, Posick, who's on a one-year deal, 
Damian Lewis, rookie contract, second year, right guard, stud, and Brandon Shell, who was a veteran, who a two-year deal, I believe. They need a lineman. <clears throat> they need a center or a tackle because Dwayne Brown is 36, and they're going to need to replace him. A running back. <clears throat> um, yeah, they draft a running back every year. But Carson seems to run out of gas towards the end of the season. Rashad, Rashad Penny uh, has just been snake bit his whole career. They took uh, Travis Homer in 2019 and DJ Dallas in 2020. Those guys, uh, um, they back up running backs. They need a running back that can be, you know, if they can find another seventh rounder like Chris Carson, split the carries between him and Carson, that would be awesome. But, again, as you see, easier said than done is Homer and Dallas have both been fourth-round picks. Okay, no, no, man. Man, I'm, I'm going to have a mountain of fourth-round picks. They need to stay out of the fourth round. Trade out of the fourth round this year. <clears throat> They've added a bunch of ins, defensive ins, but they don't have much depth on defensive tackle. So I would look at defensive tackle. you got Puna Ford, and they brought Al Woods back. And Brian Moan. <clears throat> the Moan or Monet? I, M-O-N-E. I honestly played for the Hawks all most of last year. Couldn't tell you how you say it, but I'm going to go with Monet, great painter. And then, cornerback. <clears throat> they lost Shaq Griffin. You have Trey Flowers, who nobody has confidence in. Ugo Amadi has been a good nickelback. Quentin Dunbar signed with Detroit. And uh, they have Reed, DJ Reed, who they got from the Niners, but he's not their prototypical cornerback. They need some depth at cornerback, because I named a lot of guys that they lost. And I named a lot of uh, <clears throat> under six foot corners. And um, the Hawks like to have bigger corners than that. <clears throat> so, <clears throat> producer Cody says NFL.com mock has the Seahawks selecting the following. Do these address their needs? And would you focus on a different position instead? At 56, they have the Seahawks taking Tyson Campbell, a cornerback from Georgia. At 129th, they have the Hawks taking Tylen Wallace, a wide receiver from Oklahoma State. And at 250, they have the Seahawks taking Jalen Moore, <clears throat> tackle from Western Michigan. Well, <clears throat> we got a young lineman, you got a third wide receiver, and you got a cornerback. Um, running back and D tackle probably are the two of that list of five biggest needs that I had. Those are probably the two bottom ones. <clears throat> running backs can be pretty interchangeable. You can find good ones undrafted, um, easier than other positions. And tackles. Carol with the Hawks has had a pretty good job. The, the whole – Carol and Schneider, their whole tenure, did a pretty good job of just bringing in tackles, <clears throat> defensive tackles. I mean, he's a lot of names that have shuffled through, and they've gotten pretty good play out of them. So <clears throat> it hits the three biggest needs, <clears throat> in my opinion, Uh Campbell's got the size of a cornerback they would want. I don't know if he meets all their measurements. They got weird measurements on arms and all that type of stuff. Plus, 56 would be the highest they've ever drafted a cornerback. I haven't taken a cornerback in the second round. They've taken, obviously, Earl Thomas in the first round and Marquise Blair in the second round. He could have been on my bus list, but I did not put him there because I think he's a good player. He tore his knee. I have hope for Blair. <clears throat> tore his knee last year. He was okay as a rookie. 
Uh, Tylen Wallace, wide receiver at 129. Uh, I don't know if he'll last that far. I mean, that's pretty far in the fourth round. Wallace is uh, Oklahoma State wide receiver that has <clears throat> teams to think he could has number two wide receiver potential, but he would be good. Be a good young receiver. Uh, you know, Lockett got an extension. You're soon gonna have to extend DK Metcalf. That would help. Um, and he's was a uh, caught a lot of passes in a prolific offense. Then Jalen Moore, Western Michigan tackle. Um, yeah, hits hits the. Uh, I believe he's more of a project. I've seen him going higher, like a hundred picks higher in uh, the pro footwork. Pro Football Network simulator. So I don't know if he'll be there at 250. I mean, that would be a great steal. I like this draft if they stay with those three picks and don't do anything else. But I don't think that's going to happen. <clears throat> I uh, The main question comes, should they trade out of the 56 pick and will they? Yes, they should. Will they? I, I don't know. I, I used to think I kind of knew what they were thinking. Well... Let me rephrase that. I don't. Nobody knows what these guys are thinking. It's it's Carol and Schneider. They've been all over the place, but they only have three picks. They used to go from having a ton of picks to now only having three picks. They're gonna want to draft guys. As we mentioned, the sport track draft chart trader. You're gonna have to trade down if you're gonna want to get more picks, and you're gonna have to trade your best draft asset, which is the fifty-six pick. Um, <clears throat> so I think, I think they're forced to, I can't imagine there's going to be a guy that they have a first round grade that will fall to them at 56. I mean, most teams have, you know, 10, 15 players with first round grades. I, I just, I don't know. I, <clears throat> I think they will trade out of the pick. I think they have to, I think you have to. With with all their trades, I mean, they gave up their first and third for Jamal Adams. I don't know what they were doing. A Jamal Adams trade, they gave up two firsts and a third. I don't understand why they gave up that extra. I don't know why they gave up the third, or I don't know why they gave up the extra first. I mean, this is, the Jets didn't have much leverage, and getting a first and a third for him would have been spectacular. But, <clears throat> well, I guess it was even more spectacular because they got two firsts. So, what does what could they get for the fifty six pick? So I use draft draft text uh, uh, mock or no their their chart I shouldn't say their mock. So they have the fifty six pick worth three hundred forty points. So speaking of the Jets, the Jets could offer the sixty sixth pick, which would be ten spots down, and the hundred seventh pick. Uh which the 66th pick would be 260 points, the 107th would be 80 points. So that would be 340. So they could give the 56th up and get the 66th and the 107th. That would be equal. <clears throat> so now you got the 66th, which is worth 260. Just playing around a little more. The Vikings have the 78th pick, which is worth 200, and the 119th, which is worth the 56th. So they could give up... <clears throat> Uh, the 66th and get the 78th and 119th. So they would slide down from 56th to 78th, which would still be, you'd go from the second round to the third round. 
<clears throat> but you'd pick up the 107th and the 119th. So you'd pick up two fourth-round picks. As we mentioned earlier, they do great in the fourth round. All kidding aside, you're now sitting at 78, 107, 119, 129, and 250. So you've added picks. <clears throat> and you can still move 107 down. You can move 119. You can move 129. Probably not going to move 250. Plus, they'll probably take some 2022 draft capital and move that and trade that. But <clears throat> I would do I would do that. If you could get that, if you could move from 56 to 78 and pick up 107 and 119, do it. More lottery tickets. And this is such a weird draft because there's a weird season. You don't have medicals on the players. I mean, the Seahawks seem to be, maybe they're just going to operate on the strategy of we're not going to have these medicals, so why waste a bunch of capital on these guys? But why not just trade down, acquire more capital, and try, 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 and if guys flame out in training camp, is it going to be, it'll be interesting to see how history looks on this draft with very little season and very little um, medical checks. But <clears throat> I don't know why the Seahawks seem to care about medical checks now because they didn't with Taylor last year. So <clears throat> I don't know why this is this is upsetting. Well, I know why it's upsetting me because they're not improving themselves. I'm trying to keep a happy face. I will be happy now. Okay. We're not frustrated. I'm not, not that I'm angry. I'm just, I'll try not to be frustrated. <clears throat> if the Hawks were to stand pat, who are one or two guys that um, <clears throat> might still be there at 56 for them to pick. Okay, so who would I like to see? All right. Um, this one probably won't happen, but it could. Javante Williams, a running back from North Carolina. He could be the running back that they need. Big dude, catch the passes, but he will hits the size requirements. He's not nobody will ever be lynched by any means, but he's kinda got that lynch size. You know, that's what you're looking for. That 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 build, the arms, you know, the stuff. I mean he's got again, I'm not gonna compare anybody to Marshall Lynch. But <clears throat> what the Seahawks want their running backs to do, Javante Williams can do it. Three months ago. He was in this range, but it seems like he's going to be... I don't think he's going to sneak into the first round, but he'll be a high second round pick. He's probably gone top 40. He could be gone top 30, but he's gone top 40. Cornerback uh, from Minnesota, Benjamin St. Juste. Six-foot-three cornerback. Didn't have a lot of picks. It's not a too big of a deal. <clears throat> um, he's got the size they want. Uh, well, it'd be nice if he would make picks, but uh, m maybe he can get that sorted out in the pros. Robert Rochelle, as we mentioned, from Scotty Pippen's alma mater of Central Arkansas. Six-foot-two cornerback. I mean, he's got the size, can do a lot of things. That hits a big position of need. We're looking at young offensive lineman Dylan Raddins, left tackle from North Dakota State. Not going against the best competition, but he has... Um, Played in a lot of big games, and he blocked for Trey Lance. Uh, the one year Trey Lance played uh, could be a left tackle. Some think he could kick inside to guard, but uh, 
you're that would be a left tackle of the future. Landon Dickinson from Alabama, a center. The guy's been injured, played at Florida State as well. A lot of injuries for him. But the talent is there. Be a nice uh could shore up the center position would be a good a great get. And um <clears throat> another one is Deontay Smith, a tackle uh from East Carolina. It's got the length that the Hawks like um, for their measurables on offensive linemen that uh, uh, Rob Stanton over at uh, Seahawks Draft Blog always talks about the size. 35-inch 30, long arms, I believe what is each arm is. Yeah, he's got, he's got a wingspan. So that's what they want. He's got the size. Would like to see him. He'd be great. Um, future Hawks, I have a list of guys that uh, I want you to pay attention to that might be one of our three picks. Hopefully I'm, I have there's only really three positions. I want running back. I want wide receiver and I want defensive back. I know nothing about offensive linemen. Uh, Jamar Jefferson running back Oregon state. I never really did anything spectacular at Oregon state. I mean, he was very good, but uh, uh, they don't know if he has that extra gear for the NFL, but Hey, there are running backs that get drafted late that become great running backs. Chris Carson, right? Uh, Trey Sherman, running back from Ohio State, was at Oklahoma and Ohio State. Had some big games for Ohio State. Was he good because he was really with a talented team? Who knows? <clears throat> Kylan Hill, running back from Mississippi State, was a very good runner for Moorhead. And then, uh, no, it wasn't. Yeah, Moorhead. And then uh, brought in... Um, Old pirate uh, Mike Leach turned into more of a passing offense. He did pretty well for them catching the ball, too. It would be nice help for the Hawks as well. And then, uh, yeah, the uh, running back from Michigan. I am blanking on his last name. I, my handwriting is terrible. I don't even know. I'm not even going to say him now. You know why? Because this is horrendous. And I have... Uh, Forgotten the gentleman's name. His first name's Chris. Could be a great running back. Let's 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 move on to wide receivers. Um, Amon Ra St. Brown from uh, USC. Got the size. Chris Evans. Let me go back real quick. Okay, Chris Evans. I can't even read my own handwriting. Chris Evans, running back, Michigan. Never put it together while he was at Michigan being the number one guy, but who knows, maybe comes into college, comes into pros, I should say, and it clicks. Get around the professionals, learn a little bit from Carson. Could be a late-round pick for them. My apologies to Mr. St. Brown from USC. Big wide receiver. <clears throat> be nice catching passes with from Russ with DK and Tyler Lockett. Uh, we already mentioned Tylen Wallace. I think he will be... I think he'd be a good hawk. Uh, Nico Collins, another six foot four wide receiver, guy from Michigan. Seems to be able to move around the field, uh, different spots. Would be nice to have another versatile big wide receiver. And then uh, She Smith, wide receiver from South Carolina, could put him in the slot. I know Lockett excels from the slot, but have another guy in there. So that is eight players for you. I'm going to go with two. Defensive backs. Paulson Adibo. Defensive back. From Stanford. 
six foot one. He's got the size. Played in the system that put out some great defensive backs, i.e. Richard Sherman. Would be great. Uh, would be a great addition to the Hawks. It's what they're looking for in terms of, you know, size, pedigree, all that. And uh, last but not least, from South Carolina, six foot four, safety, but also they think he's going to be a cornerback in the pros. Israel Mukuamu. Guy, any draft report you read about him, everybody says he is a Seahawk type player. There you go. <clears throat> Ten players, probably none of them will end up on the Hawks, but I feel like these are Seahawky type players. <clears throat> so, I've been using that word as a crutch too much today. If the Jets approach the Hawks offering the second overall pick for Russell Wilson, what else would the Hawks need to demand in exchange, and who would you take with that pick? <clears throat> All right. Well, first things first, they need the second pick. They also need to get their 2021 draft pick from the Jets. Those are not starters. Excuse me, 2022 draft pick. Not 2021. Uh, 2022. That gives the Hawks a safety net in case the quarterback they draft that number two. Whether it be... Well, if they like the quarterbacks, that's that's one thing. But if they take a quarterback, we're not going to go to the season with Geno Smith as their quarterback. But if Wilson or Fields or Lance or Mac Jones, they need to get that draft pick back in 2022 in case the season, uh, it's a safety net in case the 2021 season does not go as planned, which why would it you are trading away Russell Wilson. So you need to get those two. Um, It's Russell Wilson, so you should probably see if you can get your 2021 draft pick back as well. So that would be three first-rounders, which you're getting two of your first-rounders back anyway. And uh, see if you can get this year a fifth, a sixth, a seventh, anything to help this year's draft so you have more capital and you can draft a quarterback, you can move maneuver around with your 23rd pick overall that you've reacquired and trade down, move around the board, and then also have a fifth or a sixth rounder. Or maybe you can get your third rounder back this year. Who knows? Uh, you got to get three first-round picks for him, and um, which you're really only getting one first-rounder for him because... You're just reacquiring picks you gave up for Jamal Adams. So then I guess you look at it, Russell Wilson for Jamal Adams in the second pick of the draft. I guess it doesn't look too bad, but that's not how trading works. <sighs> Is there anyone worth that? I just Quarterbacks are so tough to tell. I mean, Trevor Lawrence, yes, but he's going to be gone. Uh, as Cody and I talked about last week, Zach Wilson has a lot of boomer bust potential um but what's the competition plus in games against pac 12 schools <coughs> he didn't look particularly great but then again i'm not a nfl scout i didn't think justin herbert looked particularly great and he's being anointed as uh one of the great ones so 
or I shouldn't say that. He's being known as one of the uh, potential great ones. Um, Trey Lance. I mean, what's scary about a Trey Lance or a Mac Jones? They both only have one year of starting. And quarterbacks that only start one year does not really turn out that very well. <laughs> does not turn out well for them. Uh, Lance also did it at a lower level, which, I mean, again, can't knock the competition they play. But only one year of starting experience <clears throat> at a lower level. That just screams red flags to me. Mac Jones, one year starting experience. The guy is on that Alabama team, so they'd rather catch passes from him than Tua Tagovailoa. But, again, one year starting, and you are literally playing with the best roster anybody can find. So uh, you have the best point. You're throwing to the best. You're blocked. You have the best offensive line blocking for you, and you're throwing to the best wide receivers. <clears throat> and then, oh, by the way, you got the best defense in the country putting you in the best position possible. Justin Fields. Um, I'm actually rooting for the guy now because everybody turned on him. And it's come out that he has epilepsy, so now people are dropping him possibly down draft boards. Uh, I guess the concerning thing for him would be playing at Ohio State. Again, you're playing with the best players. But he did pretty good against Clemson. He looked pretty good against Clemson. So... I don't know. I mean, it's, it's, I mean, in 2011, I wanted the Seahawks to suck for luck. And then they drafted Russell Wilson. So shows you what I know. I was also uh, <clears throat> working at 710 ESPN Seattle when they drafted Russell Wilson that night. I was cutting audio. <clears throat> they drafted Wagner and Wilson, which is awesome. I mean, one of the best draft days ever, right? I mean, 2012. Day two of the draft, Bobby Wagner, Russell Wilson, listen to both their interviews. I'm sitting in the studio, audio is being fed to me by Liz Matthews, who's at the VMAC. There's like, I know Liz Matthews was there, I think Danny O'Neill was there. A few reporters, and there's like John and Pete just, I mean, they were just speaking with glee about both these players. Excited about their future, probably not realizing how good those two would become, but it was awesome. Great to listen to the audio. I was sold on both guys, thankfully. Uh, maybe it was my naivete, but loved it. Cut the audio, cut their highlights, listen to their phone calls, their first talking with Seattle media. Uh, those guys, both Wagner and Russ, and just, just awesome to see. Great memories of the draft. That's another reason why I love the draft. Just, <clears throat> I was interesting place in the Seahawks franchise an interesting place in my life and got to be a part of that I mean granted that was the flagship radio station for the Hawks sitting in their studio but still pretty cool that I got to cut that audio um <clears throat> speaking of Russ should the Hawks make a move before Russ demands a trade next year and the Hawks lose a ton of leverage I uh <clears throat> I'm torn on this. Russell Wilson is my favorite player ever. But if he... If it was a weird year, hopefully... 
I don't see how this was just an isolated incident or how this won't rear its head again next year. I don't know if he'll straight up tell you that he doesn't want to play for the team anymore, but if he's not going to want to be here next year and you can talk to the Jets and get that, get your first round pick next year back and get the second this year, I think you got to do it as tough as it is to do. It just, there'll be a dead cap hit this year that will be pretty monstrous, but you're able to get uh, going on. I mean, I guess it's not really a rebuild. I don't think Carroll has time for another rebuild, but hey, get a quarterback in there that if there's a quarterback that you believe in in this draft, then you do it. You do it this year. And I mean... The Niners traded a lot, a lot. Boy, my voice is cracking today. Must be the heat uh, where I'm at. But, yeah, the the Niners gave up three first-round picks for Mac Jones, Trey Lance, or Justin Fields. Now, granted, they get them on a cost-controlled contract, but you're also getting a Hall of Fame quarterback that has three or four years left in his prime. A coach with the Jets, uh, Salah, who worked with Russell when he was in Seattle. Yeah, I, I, I think if he wants out, if you know that he wants out, why delay the inevitable? Because is it really going to be a thing where the team is happy and Russ is happy and they go through this season like nothing's happened? Can they be focused on a Super Bowl? Maybe, maybe they can. <clears throat> I mean... The 2013 team seemed to have a lot of distractions, and that's the team that won the Super Bowl. 2014 also team also seemed to have a lot of distractions too, and they made it back to the Super Bowl. Maybe <clears throat> chaos hopefully doesn't cause uh, confusion, but maybe it causes championships. This has been the 2021. Courts and Fields Draft Day Bonanza, Draft Day Spectacular, whatever it was. Thank you for listening. A special thanks to producer, executive producer Cody, for steering this ship. I'm Tim Kelly. This is Courts and Fields. Join us again next week when we'll be able to talk about this draft. And hopefully, oh man, hopefully. Hopefully, in the next week. Well, it would have to be the next three days. They do not trade. Russell Carrington Wilson.